Are you on a forklift? Yeah, I am. You are a son of a bitch. Hey UNTD, welcome back to the AJC, alright, and uh, wow, what a way to cap off uh, a very, very overall upsetting performance, but Gatti, Gatti saves our blushes, alright, so 1-1 one, one in the first leg, it's all to play for, so Europa is now essentially two finals, okay, so two finals, how do you like our luck in finals? Because now we got two of them, baby. All right. Let's see what happens. We'll see what happens. We're going to tackle all of it. We've got today's news headlines. All right. I'm pumped. I got Anth and Lex on the show today. We're ready to rock. We're going to say what's up to everybody in the chat. First, you know the drill. Housekeeping. Housekeeping. If you're tuning in on your audio, let's get over to YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. The watch along was great regardless of the performance okay and at least we all had that final moment together with the gatti goal all right um and uh, everybody's laughing at the video the saying i don't even know how i got into it but do it for fino alafine for fuck's sakes and uh there you go alex Juve doing the gatti goal move yes yes um fun moments like that are good but you guys make it all worthwhile the live chat was amazing on the watch along regardless of the performance ways to support the channel super chat is enabled we have memberships that you can go through on desktop on youtube three different tiers all right with uh, different sets of perks okay and the merch all right merch merch store tied to youtube thank you to everybody who's already chosen to reach out and support in one of those manners the easiest way also sharing the content when we put out the podcast when we put out the shows when we put out the clips a simple tweet retweet um on instagram posting on your story everything every little bit helps thank you again now let's see what's going on in the comments everybody saw a little bit of fire in there but uh we'll see what's going on it seems Allegri wanted us to lose with this formation. Ah, we will talk about that. We will talk about that. That uh, The lineup we all set at the back. Mm, mm, at the back. Questions. Questions. But in the end, we get it done. Apex with a nice message. Hope all my Juventini feeling great today. All right. Love it. Love it. We've got uh, Matt. Absolutely love the big man Gatti. He needs to start all the time. He's been a monster in Europa for us, eh? That's another time he comes up big in Europa for us. That's his tournament. Get him in there. Get him in there. All right. Ramo coming in. Good morning, everyone. For to you, we got the job done. However, not happy with the performance. I don't think many will be. And this is one thing, too. I guess we'll kind of talk about. And, uh, man, the messages are insane right now. Um... Ahmad, enjoyed the watch along yesterday. Keep it up. Thank you very much for the support and uh, glad you enjoyed it and whatnot. And thank you very much for the donation. Much appreciated. I'm seeing this, all right, a lot. And it's uh, in terms of the celebrations. And even I'm getting it on like the reactions. They're like, you acted like you just won the. It's like, okay, hold on a second. It's okay. To be happy your team scored a goal, tied the game in the 97th minute. 
It doesn't mean you're happy with the performance, but my God, would we rather go in there down 1-0 or level? Hey, you're muted, by the way. Yeah, you're muted. Lex? <laughs> I don't think I'm muted. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, we can hear you fine. I don't know how Ant uh, managed to mute himself. No, absolutely. I agree. I mean... There was a bit of like an effect after the factor. It was like, whoa, we just tied Sevilla at home. But we scored a 97th minute equalizer and we're going in 1-1 to the second leg. Especially after that performance, you know, I think that was something to celebrate. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, it's not all of a sudden that we've become ecstatic over a performance or whatever or that it masked anything i literally said that moments after i was jacked up about us tying it that this does not take away from the fact this was overall a very very poor showing from juventus at home all right but uh hey it's okay to be happy about them tying it it is what it is um again i'd rather go there equal and that's what we're doing. It is going to be very, very difficult in Spain, okay? We're waiting for Anthony to uh, get his act together and get in here, all right? So uh, for the time being, until he gets back in here, we're going to switch things up over to here. I'm going to get Lex in here on guess one. And we're going to wait for Anth to come back, all right? So starting lineups we all had our uh, thoughts and feelings on this. It was labeled as it was going to be played out as a 4-2-3-1. Lex, we had Chesney, Cuadrado, Benucci, Danilo, Sandro, Locatelli, Rabio, Meretti, Di Maria, Kostic, and Vlaovic. The general consensus seemed to be the back line. The back line was what made a lot of people nervous, but there was a lot going at Miretti and giving Miretti the start as well. We didn't uh, have the chance to speak in the pre-match or whatever, so what were your thoughts on that lineup going into it? Um, going into it, I think I shared a lot of the feelings from fellow Juventini about the back line. It was definitely a cause for concern, and I think it was valid considering um, the performance we saw, especially defensively in the first half. Um, I think there are some question marks for me, like where was Gatti like player of the month and he's not in our starting lineup for this huge game. I was like, okay, I didn't really agree with that. And I was also um, had a question mark on Ealing Jr. I thought after his goal and his performance and his start in the Atalanta game, I thought he may have deserved the start for this game as well. I think that um, question marks surrounding those players and, you know, we're giving Bonucci the start. We've got Alexandro again in the back line for a game like this. And I think it just falls back on kind of the trusted and true methods of Allegri to play his experienced guys in these games, which is part of the frustrating aspect of watching Juve and having Allegri involved as our coach right now, because it just seems that whenever it's a big game for us to be played. He kind of always falls back to those same guys. And it's like, I just want to see something new. I want to give these guys who've deserved it a chance. Like, what do we have to lose essentially for doing that? You know, I think, I think our team would fare better and play better if we did that. So those were my thoughts on it. Yeah. Like I get to 
some of this because some of this is some of the storylines we're going to tackle after. And like Benucci, it was a big and special moment for him because he reaches 500 appearances. However, my God, could he not have done that against Cremonese? You know, or like, like, does it have to be this one where it's so, so crucial based on what he's given us this season? Like, that was sketchy. Gatti, Gatti's got everything we're asking of players and he shows it all the time. Even if he makes mistakes here and there, he's showing us the foundation of what we want, which is the drive and the passion, the determination, essentially. So... It's kind of a wild one at the back there. I was very, very skeptical of what we had going on in the back, especially if we were going to play the 4-2-3-1 and having Sandro as an out-and-out fullback on the left side. It brings up a lot of question marks. Um, and here's on the flip side. A lot of people would have been like, I'm not comfortable with Gatti and Rugani being a two-man center pairing. And that was the flip side. Okay, maybe you don't go both, but you could definitely split up one with Danilo. And interesting enough, I don't know if everybody felt the same way as me, but I felt like Danilo, once Benucci left, was way better. Way better himself than he was while Benucci was out there on the pitch with him. Did anybody else notice that? Was that just me? Did you notice that, Lex? Yeah, no, I think that's fair to say. I think I'd agree with that too. I think yeah. that I agree as well about splitting one with Danilo. Yeah, and I don't know what it is. I don't know what it was, but it was night and day the second Benucci went out for Danilo in terms of him. And I don't think he had a bad game overall by any means or like he was poor while Benucci was there, but he was a different level when Leo stepped out. And he was able to clean up plays that Leo was kind of dragging his ass on, if I'm being serious, like, and I'm being honest. He was kind of dragging his ass on certain plays. And obviously the goal we conceded, we're going to talk about that, break it all down now and everything. Just wanted to get thoughts on starting lineup, especially from Lex, who we didn't get to see on the pre-match. Now, let's get to it. Highlights, we're going to just go through. And to be honest, for this game, there's not a whole bunch. Probably much more. There's nothing really second half. Um, second half was very flat. Um, we know Sevilla was locking in, trying to clamp down. And Juve was just struggling, struggling to create. But we're going to get to it all right now. It actually starts off quite positive, I felt, from Juventus. And even Sevilla, like it was a bit of a back and forth to start the game. And I think everybody was into it because... Yeah, that, that it, it's exciting, but a little unsettling because I think we looked a little suspect at the back, but we were also going back at them and we were moving pretty good and getting opportunities. In the 12th minute, we get some great buildup and it ends up at Kostic's feet on the run from the left side. He has a hit and I think if he gets this inside the frame, he had caught Bono to the point where he wasn't going to die for that and I think he would have had that goal. He missed, uh, rolled it wide. And uh, again, we continue on 19th minute, seven minutes later, another good buildup again through the middle. So what I was noticing is that Di Maria and Moretti were actually playing quite close to Vlaovic. And we were going through more centrally. Danilo was finding good passes, um, line breaking passes. And when now we were switching field, it looked good and it kind of made sense. 
Another good buildup. Again, sending Kostic through. He feeds Vlaovic. I'm not sure how Vlaovic doesn't finish this play. I'm not quite sure. He had a chance right before this too, but he was offside. He couldn't bury the rebound. Bono did well to get there in front of that from point blank range, but he was offside anyways. This one I thought was going to get called offside too. He was onside. I actually have zero idea how he doesn't finish this play. Lex, can you figure out how on earth he misses that one? Am I being too harsh? But like these are the ones when I always say, you know, I expect a striker to bury. That's one of those opportunities. I struggle to find any excuse for not putting that thing in the back of the net. Yeah, I mean, I thought the same as you. I thought it was offside again. I thought that second chance, because those were probably our two best chances along with the call stitch one in that first half, probably yeah. all of you as well. It came in that like first 17 minutes. But I, yeah, those are the, those are the chances where, especially when you play the way we play and you're not having an unlimited number of goal scoring chances, you really want to see those in the back of the net. So yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. Um, I don't know if you put someone else there, if they'd have done better, but I, like, as you know, aside from not starting Vlaovic, I would still start him and play him, but I do agree with you that. I think that those are the chances that we'd like to see him bury. Yeah, I mean, those are the ones I really, really struggle to sympathize with a player on on not finding a way to get that thing in. Like, that is high, high percentage. And it's basically almost a sitter, okay? But, again, it is what it is. And uh, Trey saying, you can't talk like that, Berto. The Dushan fanatica will come after you. He does no wrong. Hey, I've been saying it for a long time. Before his struggles even came along, I said, he misses chances. I expect more from, all right? But uh, we'll see. We'll see uh, what ends up happening with uh, old uh, Dushan now. And I believe we finally, finally... Okay. Am and, I here? Yes. Can you hear we me? We can hear you. Fantastic. Fantastic. So excited. Welcome back. The lights really. You got the same. Did you talk about Tex Wonder Save yet? What? You talk about Tex Wonder Save or no? No. Now <clears throat> we're at 19th minute talking about Vlaovic's opportunity that I think he absolutely has to finish. Jeez, Dusan, got to finish that, buddy. Got to yeah. finish that. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Now, no. 24th minute, and again, at the start of this game, back and forth, a lot of action, and Nasri mm -hmm. ends up uh, flicking one onto Ocampos, and he hits this thing on the one time. Very fortunate that he hits that thing wide. Otherwise, uh, that was a high, high percentage opportunity as well. I was surprised he missed goal, but luckily for us, he did. 26th minute. We get caught on some fundamental shit, okay? Mm -hmm. This goal that we surrendered drove me absolutely crazy, okay? You were talking if you were talking about it for about 4 minutes on the watch along. It it's you were. it's infuriating. It's infuriating, it okay? Mm -hmm. This is stuff come this time of the season, you expect your team to have cleaned up and sorted out and figured out. We're up 
in the attacking third. Sandro ends up making a run into the area, okay? Great run. Ahead of Di Maria, ahead of Kostic. Di Maria mm-hmm. tries to hit that pass in there. He can't do it. Mm-hmm. Sandro, he starts trying to put some pressure up there. Di- Kostic has almost seamlessly not moved after seeing that they've cut off that pass there. He seemingly has not moved. Staying exactly where he is. Di Maria starts chasing the ball after the first pass out. I have no idea. Zero idea. Okay, I know why. Bonucci is trying to keep them pinned, so he has got sucked all the way up to the byline there. Way in their zone. You can't do that when you don't have the legs anymore. Bonucci needs to stay at home, and he needs to realize that. Locatelli was the only one on this thing with the presence of mind. Even Rabio, who was inside of Bonucci, still looking over and seeing Bonucci is there. Nobody, nobody really truly hones in on supporting one another. Locatelli's mm-hmm. the last man back. Him and Danilo. Five passes. Five passes. And they're back in, the net. in our final third. The fifth pass is inside to Nezri, and he hits that one. Perin would have stopped it, but it doesn't really matter. I'm just kidding, man. I'm just kidding. I just want to get you fired up. So, Omar would have said that. <clears throat> one nil. And that, that goal drives me fucking crazy. Drives me absolutely crazy to concede like that. Anthony. It just it just add. shows it just shows you how razor thin it is uh at this level. Now I don't know. Sevilla, I wouldn't say Sevilla is Sevilla isn't as impressive as people were making them out to be in the pregame for me. But that just goes to show you that a team in this comp who does well in this competition will make you pay in five passes. That's it. Yeah. That's all it took. Five passes. I just But then they did nothing after that. It's just way too easy from us. It's just way what? too easy from us. And when you have guys that have limitations <laughs> in their ability and stuff like that, like Benucci's far removed from the time where he could keep up on a play like that and maybe take he that got chance. Cooked. Absolutely you've, cooked. You've got to realize. Mm. Got to realize your limits and play within them. Like, Lex, you got anything to add uh, on this one? No, I agree. I agree completely. I mean, the commentator called them the counterattacking kings, and that uh, was exactly what they did. And like you said, they made it look easy. I think we allowed them to make it look easy, um, as you mentioned, but five passes and it's in the back of the net. And um, I heard some criticism towards Tech I did for that, but I just... I can't put that no, on. No, no. Are you serious? Short. Yeah. But I didn't see any <laughs> criticism towards tax to tech. And I think that's a, a reach and a half. If we're trying I to uh, blame him on that you one, you got to clean up. You got to clean up your Twitter feed, Lex. That's what you got to do. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Time for a refresh. Time for a refresh there. <laughs> now. So yeah, I agree. <clears throat> now, after this goal, and I'm going to talk about this kind of more towards the game as we get on further and whatnot. But I saw a big, big change in Juventus after this goal. And 39th minute, Tech is called upon to stop a swerving Rakitic hit from the top of the area. That was actually a really good hit. It didn't look like much on live watch. When you watch a replay and you see the action on that thing, very, very good save. Diving one way, had to reach back the other. Good save from Tech. We hit halftime. 
again. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa, good save. That's probably his best save of the year. What are we even talking about here? That's behind him, and he got it with that, with those three fingers. What Take are we talking easy. about here? Best save of the season. Watch it again from the behind. The from behind. Watch. That's his best save of the year. It's a good save. It, best save. no. And take it easy, man. Jesus Christ. You guys are unbelievable. I'm not saying I'm not saying Padine wouldn't have saved it. I'm just saying we give this guy hell every time he lets a goal in, but whenever he saves one and keeps us in the game, everyone's just like, yeah, it was a pretty good save. Moving he on. is massive and the shot was more central even with the action. Take it Watch easy. Watch it again, Watch now, it again numb nuts. Padine made better. I agree. Now. <laughs> We get to halftime. I think all our thoughts are going to be the same. Luca. What what the hell are we doing? Okay, first leg, semifinal, Juve. But I will say this. At the start, things were good. Okay, things were good at the start. They scored, and I sensed it almost felt like we were playing fearful. Like, we were mm-hmm. scared to go back the way what we were doing in the first opening 24 minutes, whatever, till that goal. It felt like we got away from that because all of a sudden we were scared we were going to get ripped apart again, okay, and that we were going to concede again. That's how it felt like to me watching that game. Do you two agree? Lex? Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> um, I think that it definitely it made our team cautious. Um, it kind of set us off of what our plan was. And I think like you're saying, Alec, I rewatched um, most of the first half. And especially within those first 17 minutes, we had the Di Maria offside chance. Um, we had Vlaovic another chance and the Kostich chance. So we weren't doing mm-hmm. too bad. Like I felt like that was where most of our really good goal scoring chances came from in that section. And then as soon as they scored, like you said, I think because maybe they cut through our team so easily that it was like, boom, we just reverted back into our shell. We reverted back to just trying to have damage control rather than trying to go out and play. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't want to foreshadow for the second half, but you would think after you don't. give up a goal, <laughs> you would think, uh, <laughs> that's pretty funny. You'd think that after you give up a goal, you pick up, we just, you, I wouldn't say coward ball, but Joe used that term a lot yesterday. We really regressed. We we regressed back into a shell and there was a couple of turnovers there where uh, I think Sandro got his pocket picked, Locatelli got his pocket picked. Guys just weren't, they weren't on edge. They weren't moving forward. They weren't playing with any sort of intensity. Yeah. I fully agree. After that, from the 20th minute on, it was, it was not good. Yeah. I, or 26, I, I guess. We all saw it. We could feel it. The regression was there at half. Now in the watch along, everybody was calling for some changes and, I said, look, if you don't make changes, you don't have much leeway, okay? We're talking mm-hmm. semifinal, first leg, um, 55th minute max. But I was like, Kiesa's got to come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pogba. I would have used Pogba for the minutes, whatever minutes you had, as soon as possible. And people were kind of saying, well, maybe he doesn't have that in, in that many minutes. And I said, that's fine because you still have Fajoli. So you take whatever you can out of Pogba as soon as you possibly can to try and turn the tides because you don't know what this Sevilla and I think one of the one of the fortunate things for us 
is the way they play because they wanted to essentially clamp down on a one-goal lead. And I think that was to our good fortune. Because mm-hmm. if they could have gone and would have continued to go on the way that they were, it might have been might have been different. Might have been different for Juventus because at the back we were pretty suspect. But for me, you got to make some changes quick. Were you guys thinking changes at half immediately? I was surprised that he made them at halftime. I think everyone was saying he needs to make changes quickly. Now, let's Sevilla lost a lot of their bite when pardon if I pronounce his name incorrectly, but when Ocampos went off, they lost a lot of their bite. I don't know if you two touched on that already when I was... Not yet. But when he went off, they just essentially, they regressed. So, but, and we're going to get into, did we do enough attacking? So I like the change at halftime. I thought they were, you know, KSA and Illing Jr. I was surprised that Max made them, to be honest. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah, I was calling for subs at halftime as well. And I was surprised even the nature of them being too... Um, attacking subs essentially too he he doesn't do it often to be honest and this is why you know it it, it's half the battle it's half the battle Mm -hmm. okay so 45th minute gets Chiesa in takes Moretti out Moretti got absolutely ravaged by a lot of fans we're going to talk about that after when we get to player performances Chiesa Mm -hmm. comes in for Moretti Illing Jr. comes in for Kostic good on Max good on Max Mm -hmm. for putting guys that are very direct that are supposed to be your guys to get in there and try and create and get goals for this team. So good on him for getting into that. We're going to talk about the second half. Honestly, still not much doing though. Not much doing for Juventus, even with those particular changes in the 61st minute. That's when you get Gatti coming on for Bonucci and Bonucci had issues. Okay. Gatti comes on because Benucci had issues. Milik comes on for Vlaovic. Vlaovic got absolutely roasted by fans. We'll talk about that after in the performance side. 70th minute, Pogba comes in for Di Maria. I was screaming for Pogba at the 60th minute mark. And I said, when everybody asked, who would you sacrifice for it? I said, Di Maria. I would sacrifice Di Maria for it. Because you cannot take one of Locatelli or Rabiot out of that game if you're going to push that much at the top end, those two have to stay on the pitch. Nobody else should be occupying the two-man pivot uh, role. So for me, that had to stay the same. Now we'll get to uh, 63rd minute. Illing Jr., this is our first attempt on target. And it's simply a scramble around, what, 26 yards out. Uh, He wins it. Takes a slash. It was a good hit. It was a really good hit, and it forced Bono to make a diving stop. But ultimately, a rather somewhat comfortable stop for Bono, and no rebound there. Sixty-third minute with a first attempt uh, on target is again sign and indications of the problems Juve has faced all year, because this comes and goes. This is nothing new, right? And you're gonna again foreshadowing again. The someone I shared it with the group. Someone put it on Twitter. The second half stats for Juventus, and you know that XG and the shots on goal and possession, blah blah blah. And I said, if you were to look at that, you would have thought, oh, Juventus is all over them. That the stats do not indicate, especially that expected goal stat. What we did in that half, we did not produce anything in the second half. 
possession, sure. Sevilla didn't do much, right? They were just yeah. sitting back. But it was like we made it to the final third, and then it went around the horn or like around the box. But I, it was I'm tough to watch, man. It was a it, team it was with a lack of ideas. We it didn't really, look exactly like until that last set piece corner kick at the end. Otherwise, like we. You know, and the potential penalty, I was joking with my brother, was like the potential penalty was the closest we came to a goal-scoring chance, like up yeah. until then, because uh, it was really bad. Yep, pretty much. To. Now, <laughs> pretty much. it was 86-minute. Rabio involved in a challenge in the area. We mm -hmm. saw his legs. Everybody saw the picture of his legs, studs hitting it and whatnot. I was shocked we didn't get a look. So I was screaming, get a look, get a mm -hmm. look at it. At least surprise. They're not looking at it from a player perspective and mm -hmm. maybe what the ref could have saw. You've got a cross coming in one way. The mm -hmm. defender is looking at the cross going, he's going to play the cross. Right. And Rabiel's coming in from the opposite direction of where the cross is coming in, looking at, and he takes a slash at the ball. Don't get me wrong, because ultimately I still think it needed to be looked at for the occasion, mm -hmm. for the moment, for where it was, the game, everything. But, okay, we're going to get Arbitro Nick's thoughts on it. From a defender's mm -hmm. point of view. What do you want him to do? I would have been, I would have felt pretty hard done by because there is a play there. Mm -hmm. He's not out of control if you're playing the cross and everything like that, like, I, originally, my mind on watch long, obviously, emotions kicking in. Clear penalty. Mm -hmm. That's a penalty all day, PK. But upon, you know, watching it a few times and at full speed and depending where the ref is, because that's the thing. I saw about four camera angles of this thing. And I'm like, yeah, if you're sitting at that view, that particular angle, it looks like he's going to play ball. Rabio comes in and is trying to hit. It's hard to tell exactly what's going on there. Now... Let's see what Arbitro Nick has to say. For you guys, clear-cut penalty? My my first thought was exactly what you said. Yeah. Like, as a defender, he's looking that way, and he just – his leg's going this way, yeah, and Rabio comes around. But – and then I was thinking, okay, you have to keep control of your body. That's the whole thing. It doesn't matter – I know. – where the other player is. You have to have control of your body the whole time. The whole time. So I think that's that fine line of – was he putting himself into a dangerous position or was he just playing the ball? I, I, but I that's, rule but that's even subjective too. Like, is he is. out of control there? No. If you look at the cross and him going to that's play, right. he's not out of control. I, I, I know. And, that, and that's why I don't think they looked at it because they said he was playing the ball. He was, he wasn't out of control. I, I'd love to hear what Nick says. Cause yeah. I have no idea on this one. Lex first PK. Yeah, I I mean, I had the same thoughts. I, especially at first, was like, yes, penalty. They're not even looking at it. All ran through my head, same as you both. Um, upon second review, I can see that fine line, as Ant mentioned. Um, I didn't even think of it from that perspective, like you pointed out, Al. So I think um, it would be interesting to see what a ref believes. I was surprised still that they didn't look at it. But they didn't even look at it. I will, I will say it. this. I will say this. Um like reading Nick's uh, write-up and everything, you could see 
why it's it's just it's not as clear cut as everybody a lot are making out. Oh, yes, clear, clear. Well, and Rabio did get hurt on it. Sure, we've seen less given. Okay, I think the bigger he, thing is this ref was losing control for a while. Hundred percent. Yes, a hundred percent. He was not. He had to show more yellow cards in the first half. He a hundred percent lost control. Yeah, there was guys, even maybe even Juventus players who should have already been on two yellow cards. But I don't, before I get to Nick. If that play is in the middle of the field, that's a free kick for Juventus. Yeah, yeah. I mean, ultimately, ultimately, I'm thinking it's a kick, but I'm just trying to rationalize yeah. how it could not be and not looked at or whatever. I think it ultimately had to be looked at because of the situation. But I'm saying I could sympathize on live watch why the ref didn't do anything okay yeah. let let me make that clear what's everybody nick now mm-hmm. nick says as rabio obviously tries to strike across in the penalty area body extends his leg ends up getting a piece of rabio's shin many considerations we can go through here the two most important are one did the player play the ball no two does the player use his studs when making a tackle yes on which part of the opponent's body um is contact made the shin which is considered high the only key piece of evidence from my point of view that could have saved Sevilla was that the contact was considered negligible and more of a collision between two players trying to kick the ball in the air. All right. Because of this, my thoughts during the game were the only way this could have been reviewed by VAR is if the referee told VAR that he didn't see any studs hit Rabio. This is a key piece of evidence that could have been considered a clear and obvious error. If the referee said he saw the studs and considered contact to be negligible, then it would not be a clear and obvious error. I thought this no penalty call was supportable until we saw the injury Rabio sustained from the challenge. Okay. I think this should have been a penalty kick, but, but as a referee, I can sympathize with this one. Two legs swinging in the air in the penalty area usually seems more like incidental contact and no referee will give a penalty at such a crucial moment in a semifinal unless they are 1000% sure of it. Very difficult for a referee crew on a play like this. Therefore, not making a decision was the safest way to go. Now, any player in any league from, you know, recreational up to professional will roll his socks down and call the referee over and be like, did you... Is that incidental contact? I'm, I'm surprised Rabio didn't lift his leg and put it right in the referee's face and say, yeah. those aren't my studs. Because then you rule out, hey, did he get you that high? Did he like, because like I said, on that one angle, it looks like two guys, incidental contact. Mm-hmm. It is what it is, right? But his leg <laughs> says otherwise. And when I saw that picture, I was like, Jesus Christ. So anyways, we've all gotten some of no those. PK. 90th plus six minute. Here we go. Do if you saw the watch along, if you saw the clips, if you saw social media, <laughs> I'm putting up prayers for God's sex. Allegri has me praying for goals now, okay? I'm yeah, praying for praying. goals. So I was praying for this goal. 
Uh, I don't even know how on earth I come up with the line. Do it for Fino a la fine, for fuck's sake. It's a motto. But if we don't have the motto, we have nothing. So anyways, the ensuing corner kick, Chiesa, headed in by Danilo. Paul Pogba, who, by the way, was fantastic again in the Mm -hmm. minutes he comes on and he continues to be. We'll talk about that in the performance section. Heads it back post. Milik as well as Gatti were there, and Gatti didn't care what the hell was in front of him. He took the ball himself, Gatti and the keeper, all into the corner of the net, and then went off to the celebrations. Massive, massive goal, because now it is still, like I said, we gave ourselves less work to do in Spain. Bravo Mm -hmm. to those guys just for finding that one. And again, reiterating what I said earlier, I find it, nonsense to um ridicule the bench celebrations which we saw in uh the uh celebration to gatti's goal fans celebrating all this what are we doing we can't should we have wanted the loss can we not celebrate that goal do you want want them to be like oh damn we scored like what are we talking about here i want to be that is still big i would rather go there 1-1 rather than 1-0 down. What are we talking about here? Anyways, yes, let them be happy for the moment because I assure you that the the feelings and sentiments behind the scenes were going to be still overall upset with what they did at home overall. But Gatti Mm -hmm. continues to be huge. It's got to be in there. Now, we're going to talk about... The projected lineup for Cremonese and everything. But first, we got to talk about this game and performances and everything. 1-1. Like I said, fortunate, I think, for us. Sibia wanted to clamp down. Okay. Performances. Who do you have for your man of the match? Everybody in the live chat, drop your man of the match. I saw earlier shouts for Pogba, despite coming in for 20 minutes or whatnot. Was ultimately really, really good. And uh, played a part in that goal. But bravo to Chiesa, Danilo... Pogba and even Milik and Gatti who are on the backside of that and then Gatti ultimately finishing up. Thank you. We needed that, but we have to be way better in Spain. Now, Lex, who did you have as your man of the match in this one? Um, Probably Sorry, the more obvious match. choice. I'm going to have to go with Gatti, I think, even though also got subbed in. We didn't start, but just for that goal, for showing that Fino Alafina spirit, um, he should have started, so I'm going to count him as my player of the match, my man of the match. Okay, okay. Got a lot of shouts for Gatti. Got some pogs. Got some pogs in there. Ant, who did you have? Uh, Tech kept this from being 12 nothing by halftime, so he was my initial man of the match. Um, could have easily been down 3 nothing at halftime. But for me, it's 1A, 1B, so it's Tech. But Paul Pogba completely changed that match when he came in. You can say what you want about Gatti, I get it. But Sevilla wasn't really doing anything going forward. Everything was going through Pogba, and it's I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Pogba on this one. I'm I'm gonna put tech aside for this one, even though he made his save of the year. I'm gonna go with Paul Pogba. Completely changed the game. Clear cut impact, Monsieur Paul 
Pogba, all right? Il Polpo gets it for me, all right? I saw him control a ball at full speed with his head better than half our guys do with their feet, okay? Paul Pogba, his reaction time on Danilo's header to pop that header back post then, making the right play. God damn it, Paul. I need you in the lineup way more, yeah. all right? Only judge players with what they do on the pitch. Paul Pogba yeah, looks absolutely incredible and he looks like he's growing every step of the way the news headlines Mm -hmm. today read that paul pogba obviously committed to juventus and wants to um in good faith because of the faith that was showed in him come back stronger and really hit things hard next year maybe that new kit that we're seeing is going to be the kit of paul pogba and uh, the revenge tour next season i hope so i hope his body can keep up because this guy is quality i've always said it you mm-hmm. can never doubt Paul Pogba's quality, okay? We're going to talk about some of these other players, okay, in performance and stuff. We got the man of the match stuff out of the way, but Kiesa. Kiesa was getting mixed reviews, and a lot of fans were saying he does not look himself. He still doesn't look comfortable making quick cuts, and he was ineffective yesterday how did you two see Kiesa's performance when he stepped in there and we'll start this one with Lex. Lex do you have concerns still about Kiesa do you feel watching him you agree with some of these fans that are saying he doesn't quite look himself I do um I think that it's concerning the lack of output that we're able to get from Kiesa right now being one of our best players but I'm probably more from the camp of not putting it all on him and the fact that he's coming back from his injury, it's more, I think, still how we employ him and just in general, the way we play as a whole and as a system. I think it's really difficult for a player like Keza to, you know, we, we're often not finding him still in the right places on the pitch for him to be most effective. I still think it comes down to that because there were some moments in the game where I forgot he was on the pitch. But he did make some solid, I thought, plays defensively um, in terms of his hustle. And because that can never be questioned, the output of his hard work, his hustle, his speed, which is absolutely incredible still considering the injury he went through. I find that amazing. But I, I still think that for Chiesa, it's... It's not Kiesa. For me, it's not Kiesa. It's still on the system that we play, and I don't think that we're just using him effectively enough. I think we just haven't given him that chance to be put in positions where he can be the most productive and be the strongest version of himself. Yeah, that's a fair assessment for sure um, Mm -hmm. when looking at it. Um, Anth, what do you think? 100% agree. And just to add on to what Lex said, there was I think it was just before they gave the corner kick, uh, the one that we scored off of. Kies was running to the corner and Rabiel just ran right right in front of him and dragged a defender with him. So what the, what do you want Kies to do? Now that's just one example, but it just goes to show you that he is a player. You just got to get out of his way. Let him do his thing. He's a one-on-one. He likes to attack defenders one-on-one and we haven't seen that very much. The only time we get to see it is he seems to be at the corner of the 18 or right at the edge. Does, can't build up any speed. His game's built on speed. I just, again, I don't want to dump on Max all the time, but I think as a whole, Lex is 100% correct. Just the system isn't catered to him or Vlaovic to be able to shine and uh, show us what they can do. 
Yeah, I mean, if we're looking at this from just uh, because there was some just looking at him, just strictly his movements and everything and saying he can't make that change in direction as quick as he could before. And some of the fears are that he's going to have to adapt his game and change his game. Kind of like Del Piero had to after he went through his injury and whatnot. But the fear is that Chiesa is not as versatile as Alessandro Del Piero to alter his game. Like, that is Chiesa's game. And if you Mm -hmm. take that away from him, I'm not so sure he's got enough in uh, the treasure tools. chest to uh, tools. to do something and to alternate. Like Del Piero had a ton of tools and he could completely adapt and he did. I'm not there yet. I'm not overly concerned in the movements and everything just yet. I think there's a lot going on. I still can't shake from my mind the rumors of him being a little bit unsettled. And he's not starting games, and the team's not playing well. It doesn't suit his style. I think there's a lot of things going on. Chiesa does still make good runs with balls over the top and everything. I also do feel like if I was going to pick something that frustrates me a bit from Chiesa is we ended up switching sides between him and Illing Jr., And I can't remember the exact minute that we did it in the second half, but I called it out on the watch along. And the reason was because Chiesa was going up against Acuna off their left side. And he's an Argentine, uh, Argentinian national, uh, was instrumental for their World Cup as well. And he was getting beat up by Acuna. And it was, you could see it mentally, you could see the mental anguish all over Chiesa, and that is one of the things that is kind of bothering me about him, is Mm -hmm. he's got to get past that. He's got, and there are far better fullbacks than Acuna, no disrespect to him or whatnot, but far better. And if you're letting this guy get into you, okay, I guess I kind of disrespect, but there are far better. And -hmm. if you're letting this guy get to you like that, and do that to you mentally. That's the part with Chiesa that I need to see more from him is fight through a tough battle out there uh, on that uh, flank. But we ended up changing up with uh, Ilian Chiesa there, and Chiesa still ultimately started to get in there more. But again, it's the ideas. It's the ideas as a whole. This, for me, feels like it's better when we put our better guys out there, Chiesa, Pogba, and stuff like that. But it's still ultimately hoping for them to all figure it out. You know what I mean? It's, okay, I'm just going to put the best guys out there, but we don't necessarily have an idea. And we're mid-May, and I still see a team that lacks a ton of chemistry in the final third. Anyways, I would love to see Chiesa for 75 minutes. Sure. 90 minutes consistently right in his position <laughs> as a winger <laughs> yeah right yeah and he, you want to see guys come on as a winger he was a winger right but he guys wasn't. the guys like him need to heat up right guys you, you see it all the time need to heat you know, up Berto, you've seen it guys need to they need to get into the game when they only yeah. come in at halftime they're not in the game right you gotta takes takes time to heat up you gotta warm up the tires paul so. pogba that's why i said 55th minute 55th minute max 
Get him in there. Nothing later. Whatever. No idea why he can't play 45 minutes. Now. Yeah. Now. Locatelli. Locatelli got absolutely ravaged. I saw the majority of the ratings for him in our live watch along at 5.5. Anthony, what was your rating for Locatelli? What do you think about that? Did you feel that was a bad performance to where he deserved a negative 0.5 score at 5.5? Kind of put me on the spot there because I have no idea how these rating works. And uh, I honestly don't even really care. But the first half, he got his pocket picked like... I, a couple times i wouldn't say he was i would just say he was sort of non-existent in the first half much like much of the team like i i wouldn't put anything negative uh the second half he didn't have anything to do right he's playing his position and you were saying in the two-man pivot right sevilla wasn't attacking he had nothing to do so i okay he lost the ball once is that worth minus half a point on these ratings i have no idea for me locatelli was just not played out of the game by the opponent. It was just he wasn't called upon in that game. Just didn't need to be. Just a quiet game for me. I yeah. I continue to not understand what people are looking at to give out yeah. something like that or even call out Locatelli on that performance. I, I don't understand. You're playing two-man pivots. So... If you want this guy to bomb up and down and do whatever, whatever, that's not going to happen in his position. It's not going to happen in a two-man pivot role. It's not going to happen in a CDM role when he's playing as Regista, for God's sakes. Again, like 5, 5.5, where I, I don't know. Defensively, defensively, we would have been, if it wasn't for the work he and Rabio did, and again, there's a reason they were out there for the entirety of that match, it's it's not all one-sided. You can't just want the ball spraying all over the place, which for the most part, he switched the ball a lot in some good areas and putting guys in good spots. Kostic, um, Illing, Chiesa, Quadrado, and whatnot. What they do from there, hey, that's on the system. That's on themselves as well. But my God, I'm not seeing it. I'm not uh, not seeing it. Momblano, yeah, Momblano and his percentages. That's why he's 6.892. Oh, man. For me, I agree. I think Locatelli is the foundation of our midfield. He's the And glue. he has been this season. And I think it's so evident, especially so much goes unnoticed, especially his defensive work. And I think that that's really clear when we don't have him, those odd games where he isn't in the midfield. Then it's like, okay, wow, now you don't know what you had until it's gone type of thing. Like, I think that a lot of what Locatelli does and a lot of the work he does may not appear flashy to a lot of people in certain moments. And maybe that's why it goes unnoticed. But I think that he does do so much for our midfield. hundred percent. Now, I guess mm -hmm. should clarify starting point now, obviously being six. So 5.5 would have been negative. 6.5 is what I gave him starting at six. So just a half a point over, but the Locatelli thing is crazy. Miretti, and right on cue. Miretti's performance. What did you two make of Miretti? He got absolutely ravaged by the majority of the fan base. Okay. I'll start with this one. I'll let I'll let Lex, you know, build up some momentum. I'll let her warm up the tires. Thanks. What do what do people want? So at the beginning of the year, I'm on here saying 
these kids aren't ready. We should play the older guys. Then these kids come in and they show us that they can play, right? So let's give them more minutes. And then I was like, oh yeah, let's give more minutes. And I'm just, I'm speaking to me here. And then yesterday, was he the best player on the field? No, but this is when you have to play the young guys. You give them an opportunity like this against what I thought was a, a weaker opponent. Put them out there. This is the games that Meretti and Illing Jr. and Fajoli have to play. You give them European experience. They're out there. Even next week, I would throw two of those three on there to start, hopefully. It, it is what it is. Was he was he lighted up? Did he change the game like Pogba did? No. But it is what it is. He's 19 years old. I I, I don't get I don't get Baron. You know, listen, I used I would used to bury the young kids all the time, but for what we need moving forward and the, what we may have not coming in in the summer, this kid needs to play. Him and Fajoli and Ellen Julian need to play. Give him time. He, I don't think he's terrible. Like I, I think geez. again, people gotta sometimes look outside of just the individual. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's too easy to say, and uh, I'm gonna pick on Reno. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna Do pick it. on Reno because. I've heard it all the time. Uh, it's it's one player. It's this. It's coach. It's this, it's just the blame game, you know. And Miretti um, is terrible. He's not terrible. You don't win Golden Boy when you're terrible. Bottom line. Um, okay, so he's not terrible. Look at that game while Miretti was in there. Look at the changes that were made, and look at how those players played. Okay. What did I say before the game even started? Before a whistle was even blown? I said, but if you're going to play a 4-2-3-1, at least do it properly. Okay? Mm-hmm. Don't have your attacking mid play from the Metsala position. Because I can already see what Max wanted to do. You wanted to play 4-2-3-1, but you want to keep your base midfield the same. Locatelli in the middle, Rabio on the left, Meretti on the right. You can't do that if you want to play a true 4-2-3-1. The other thing was Di Maria was not strict to the right wing. And what did that do? Miretti and Di Maria were occupying the same positions. Right in front of Vlaovic. There were times the three of them were all just right there in this little cluster. Right in the center of the pitch. These positions okay these ideas these shapes and whatnot it's bizarre it's bizarre it's bizarre to me to see us make something that should be simple so much more complicated and so much more difficult and i question how much goes into the training but this is one thing i will say and I said it when we got the goal scored against us and I'll say it when we when we do just everything that we do tactically, it is always with the intention of safety first. And if you are going to do something and you are going to do it and alter it to fit a safety first thing, are you actually, in fact, trying it for what it's worth? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Probably not. But Miretti got a harsh go. But ultimately, I've been saying for a while... I'm fine with him going out on a one-year loan. He needs a loan. Mm-hmm. That's just how I felt. It's nothing changes. Is he garbage? Is he absolutely not? 
Kid's got a ton of talent. He's going to be a, a solid player. Needs time. Lex? I agree. I think especially um, all good points that you guys said, and especially when you watch him, you can see the ideas. Like, you can see they're there, especially his vision and his footballing IQ and just his creativity. It's all there. And I think that those types of players in general, as you mentioned, Al, it's hard to put it on the player themselves all the time. Those types of players do struggle with how we play. And I think whether sometimes it's a lack of his teammates reading the passes, sometimes I think it feels like... um, He's a step too slow. Like he has these this vision and this playmaking that I find that sometimes the other team reads, maybe because their level and their defensive ability is higher than perhaps what he was used to coming straight from the youth team, correct, into playing for mm-hmm. the first team. So I think that sometimes it looks like, you know, his passes are getting intercepted, things are getting blocked. But if you look at the intent behind them, you're like, yeah, this guy's got great, like really high footballing IQ. You can see the vision is there. It's just sometimes he's like a split second too slow. And I think that that's just the difference at the first team level. And as Al mentioned, maybe that's something that he has to go and get workshopped um, on alone, or maybe it comes through playing through it. Maybe he needs to continue to get back up to speed through playing more, as you mentioned. But I think either way, it's not the 19 year old kid in your, you know, playing that number 10 role in your midfield is not the one to put the blame on, I don't think, for the game yesterday. That's a yeah. great point. He, he is always, and I said this, I, I, fantastic point, Lex. I forgot that I mentioned this before. He is always in the right spot. Yeah. He's always in the exact right spot. He just, He's just not sharp enough. That's all it is. That's a great point. He's, yeah. he's always where he needs to be, and he's always where the ball is. It, it just, just give him time. Yeah, time, 100%. patience, patience. Mm-hmm. But in the grand scheme of things, and I will say this, <clears throat> to one extreme to the other. Because if you Tech? tell me and if people tell me that Fajoli and I love Fajoli would have changed that game, no, I'm sorry. It's not there. Him being a game breaker or whatever, it's not there. It's not there yet. It can get there, but... Mm-hmm. What are, what are we talking about? Over the past two weeks, if you haven't seen that Moretti's been better, I, I don't know. I don't know what we're, we're doing here. Either way, okay, we got to have patience with both of them. I think we can't take Fajoli up here yet because it's not there either, if you ask me. Milik has to go. That's what people were saying after this one. Milik's got to go. Are you still on renewing him or do we need to just forget about that and move on? Because people are getting frustrated with his performances as of late. I'll tell you what, he was right there next to Gatti. And if Gatti doesn't put that home, Milik's putting it home. Would would I want to pay $30 million to get Morata back? Over $7 million to keep Milik? I think in all the stuff we got to do this summer, I think you got to pay the $7 million. Yeah, right? I think we deal with uh, renewing Milik. Um there's oh. nothing there. I don't know. Understand this wanting to get him gone or whatever so fast. There's not no harm in that deal. Okay. It's Raf. It's Raf cooking all this stuff. We up. gotta I look at like... grand scheme of things. Okay. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. There's priorities. Center back, full backs, mm-hmm. top priority, top. Don't give yourself more work to do. Lex, do you agree? Disagree? Yeah, I agree with that. And I thought you were gonna want to bring Morata back there for a second. Oh my well, 
The, Stop it. Okay, when when those tweets were coming out there, was it last week? But Juventus yeah. bringing them back. Uh, got a little excited. Got a little Morata excited. It's, it's coming up on players. the podcast. We thought of you. Let's go. Morata, Morata coming up on the podcast. Cue the one. I didn't say oh. pay the money. I'm just saying if it now, happens. Stop it. Stop it. Okay. Now, <laughs> Benucci, 500 games. Okay, that's a hell of a feat. Okay, in black and white or whatnot. My one thing with it. this. Okay, so he's going to go down as a Juve legend, uh, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of uh, one of the best defensive trios you'll ever get and everything. But... The 500 games, picking that particular matchup and maybe to make it something more special for Benucci, whatever, hell of a risk from Max. I don't know the details went up, but Benucci has reached 500, all right? So uh, a credit to him one way or another, but I think we can all agree the time has come. The time has come, but he's probably going to be around one more year, okay? Hey, he's out. He's out for 15 days. When I saw this morning with that injury, there is a chance that that's the last time we saw him on the field. Chance wow. he's out now. What? Chance. 15 days. 15, 15 days, days out. Okay, and uh, we'll see. His name now is in uh, some elite company. When you mm-hmm. look at uh, the others in that range of uh, matches and the five, I think there's only five ahead of him now. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty wild. The names that uh, he's got company with Sandro, one of the headlines today: thirty-six appearances, six games remaining for us. We are four away from the magic number of automatic renewal, which apparently is forty. What did I say a long time ago? I said, if you were Juventus, why on earth would you not keep this in your hands? It apparently, according to the report today, is still in Juventus's hands. If you ask me, there's absolutely no way in hell you can let him hit 40 games if that's the number. Mm-hmm. No chance in hell. I will personally hog tie him down there. I will fly <laughs> to Turin, hog tie him, trap him in a room, okay? I'll go to jail for a bit. That's fine. I'll do it. For the betterment of all of us, Juventino, okay, you cannot let that hit. I think this better be a clear panel on this one. But I could see Anthony going cr- <laughs> Are you no, serious? I've, I've, I've said this for a while. And just, again, again with the sound effects. All right, just, all right, all right, go ahead. Can we not have an adult discussion here? No. I've said this for a while. Based on what? Mirko, Di Natale, and Romeo Gressi have said it's going to be a quiet market. We don't know what sort of financial penalties we're going to hit this summer. Keeping Sandro as a backup, because look at all the injuries we've had this year. I'm not saying start him next year, but keeping him on the roster as a backup, keeping him and Dusan, so you don't have to go out. That's one less person you have to buy. I'm not saying go out and not invest in another left back, but if you want to compete in three... For three trophies, you need depth. And I know it hurts when he plays in left back with a four-man back system. I get it. But for depth-wise, I see no issues keeping him. 
No, that's just he has one to. other role, something else you have to fill and purchase no. this summer, which I don't no. think we'll have the resources no. to do. He has to go. You've got options that are free. Okay, Grimaldo's miles ahead of Sandro, and he's free. If he You'll wants pay to pay a salary, in. whatever, that's fine. It's probably still going to be less than Sandro's salary. You do if that. You, you have Cambiasso, who you already own, who comes in that can play left There's side one. and right side. If it were between the two, Sandro and Cuadrado, I'm not even kidding you. I would choose Cuadrado out of the two if we had to keep one. Yeah. And that's, that's why you still leave matters in your own hands because Cuadrado would probably stick around for one more year. Ultimately, we still have to make some moves there, but there is absolutely no way in hell you let him hit that and get him at that six million mark again. Even if your thought is we need depth and we keep him, you do not let him hit the 40 game mark and you bring it back into your control and say, we will renew you at. 2 million, 3 million, whatever. There is no way in hell you make them hit 40 games, in my personal so you're saying, opinion. So you're saying keep them for a lower salary then? If we have to, if we have to, if you feel. That's what I just said. We, if you feel we're going to have to do the depth, but there's. But when we originally talked about this, the question was so you, want to keep you him can't him let him hit the 40 game mark. You can't let him do that if you're going to talk him down in price. What are we talking about here? So you're saying keep them for a reduced wage. I agree with No, that. I'm saying I wouldn't. But I'm saying if you have to, if you have to, the we only have to, way to. is to reduce it. We do not have to, though. Because Quadrado would stay for another year at a reduced wage. And if it was over the two, I would pick Quad, but both have to go. But Lex, would you pick Quad or Sandro if you had to? Quadrado, yeah. Even it's though easy. he want to rip my hair out sometimes when he makes decisions, but I wouldn't take Quadrado for sure. Out of the two. And that's a pick your poison moment. Let's be yeah. serious here. We okay. Can move on from both, oh, I, I'm, I, I, I get it. I get the issue. I'm just saying we have a major fullback shortage at the moment. And you want to get rid of one and you only have one coming in, in Cambayaso. And you said Grimaldi who... You're assuming he wants to come to Juventus, right? You have one coming in, and we have a serious, serious lack. And now, listen, I get it. Get rid of him if we can. Don't let him hit the 40. I get that. But we may be forced to keep him. So I'm just telling Juventini, get ready because he's going to be on the roster next year. Reduced wage, full wage, whatever. He's going to be here for one more year. If you do it at full wage, when you have the power in your hands, it would be mm -hmm. absolutely foolish from Juventus. Period. What we have learned nothing. We have learned nothing if we go ahead and hit that 40 games and pay him another six, 6.5, whatever it is next season. We have learned nothing. That's just me. We would have learned absolutely nothing. Depth, we may not have whatever, a not all this. I get it. I get it. But still, Barbieri, uh, Danilo, we're going to be getting a center back. Danilo can play fullback as well. Barbieri, Cambiaso, whatnot. There are cheaper alternatives all over in our target list. Okay, not just Grimaldo, but for the love of God, to just do it at that ridiculous wage that we've complained about since that deal was made. We would be deserving of what yeah. we get because we just would learn nothing.
It's wild to me. Contract, but realistically, Al, let's let's put your realistic hat on right now. Do you? How many games do we have left? Five, six, six, six. Do you think we can go six games and only have Sandro appear in three of them? Absolutely, absolutely, we can. I think you're crazy. I just I just don't think we have the depth. There is no way we can bench this guy for fifty percent of the games simply because we don't have the bodies to get through six games and only have him play show up in three. Bremer's back real soon. Gatti, okay. Danilo, boom. Done. Rugani can come Rugani. in. Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. We do not have to play him in the majority of the six games remaining. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I'm glad I we just, disagree, though. I always love that. Now, now, now you have faith in Jay Medical. So, cheers <clears throat> to you. Cheers. Cheers to wanting Sandro around till 2028. Now, let's go. Let's go. Four, two, three, one. This has been brought up by a lot of fans and everything, and some feel um, we need to see more of it and should actually go with it against Cremonese um, to kind of hone it in. Hopefully, in the return match against Spain in Spain, which is going to be very difficult. But the projected lineup for Cremonese is a three-five-two with Chesney. Gatti, Rugani, Danilo, no Sandro. Quadrado, Pajoli, Paredes, Rabio, Illing, Chiesa, and Milik. Would you try the 4-2-3-1 more? Or would you go back to that 3-5-2? And Lex. what would you do in Spain? So, Lex, kick us off on this one. Ooh, there's a lot. Definitely, wow, okay, to think about with this one. <laughs> I think I would say I would probably like to see more of the 4-2-3-1. Because I do like that back four. I'd like to see us transition from playing two up front to a front three of some sort, right? Whether it's a 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1 in transition. Um, I think the Cremonese match, I think, is definitely not one to be taken lightly. I know we'll get to this more later, but they are on a bit of a good run right now. They're fighting for relegation. I've been following that relegation battle, so I think that You're definitely... the only one. <laughs> Probably the only one, but definitely need to look out for that. Um, the three five two has been was reliable for us at point. I don't know. Like I said, I just I'm always still pushing that front three. I know that it's been the fullbacks that have been holding us back from that back four, but I still think that's our our goal where we need to get to at some point. I don't know. What do you guys think? You're on mute. I'm muted. Sorry, sorry, uh, mm-hmm. sorry, sorry. For me, if I think about this, the only way we can actually make this happen, and you're still sacrificing something one way or another because a back four I would be okay with is Quadrado on the right, Danilo on the left, and that's a sacrifice on its own because we know he's not ideal at left back, but. Sandro's Sandra dusted. Is. Sandra is. So, Rugani, like Rugani, can be one of the backups, but Gatti and Bremer as your two main center backs. Danilo on the left because a sacrifice has to be made, and right back Quadrado. That is a four I'm comfortable with, and Rugani could come in for either one of Bremer Gatti to play on there, and that's the only way. I feel comfortable and I still think it would be a little suspect and whatnot. But the bigger thing is 
we we got to make some sacrifice and that's one of the things where I can sympathize with Max Allegri this season is that there there are some sacrifices like I said everything I see out of this team and what we try to do and what we try to change is still ultimately with playing it safe because of what's going on at the back but what I saw that I liked yesterday was there was support in and around Vlaovic not always but for the most part there were players close to him which the 4-2-3-1 is supposed to essentially do wingers and then that attacking midfielder should be always right around that striker and he should have options we saw that very very strong for the opening 25 minutes when I and then like I said that goal happened and everything changed until second half we made changes and whatnot and then of course uh, Vlaovic himself get changed, but we have to, at the end of the game, try and score more goals and create more chances. You you just got to do it. Like I said, going into the matchup with Sevilla, I'm not sure the 1-0 FC thing's going to cut it anymore. Got away with one game, but the next one's a one-off. And if we play anything like we did um, outside of the opening 25, I think we're in for a rough go in Spain. But I would give it a go against Cremonese, to be honest. I I really would. If, depending on the availability of a couple guys. But, like, even without Bremer, I'm thinking, we could maybe make it work. But Rugani and Gatti, bit of a gamble, I guess. But I'd feel okay with it, to be honest. I wanted to point out a comment, too, as well. It suggested Ailing as a fullback. <clears throat> what are your I'm... thoughts on that? I think that's an interesting point. I think especially after seeing um yeah, seeing him play, I think that he could definitely play that role. I think he'd be kind of revolutionizing him a bit, but I don't see it. I don't see it with Kostic and I don't see it with Illing to be honest. Uh maybe though. I could be wrong because I never saw it with uh Fonzie and uh Bayern made a hell of a move there and to be honest, if you look at those two players, Quite similar, aren't they? Except I would give technical ability advantage to Illing over Fonzie, to be honest, when it comes to the dribbling and the technical aspect. I think Illing's very, very tight on the ball and his dribbling and whatnot, and he's got the pace. It's interesting. I don't know if I do it right now this late into the season. Davies is just way faster. He is lightning quick. That's the thing. Yeah, I'd love to see the two of them go because Illing's crazy fast too. I don't know. Anywho. I'd like to. They should do forty yard uh, uh, measurements like uh, NFL. Like the combine. Be interesting. Be interesting. Mm-hmm. So, what would you for... run? Would you run sub five five? What do you think? Me? Yeah. In my prime, under four, easy, easy. Under, you mean under five? Under four in my prime. Lightning. Lightning. You're a banana head. Anyways, what was your uh, fastest four, two, three, 40, one? What was your fastest 40? I was pretty quick for a tall guy. Quick. I had some good speed. I don't know. I never measured it. Come on. What are you talking about? Oh, then what are we talking about here? Lex, Anyways. do you measure 40 still? Do they do that? Your team no. and stuff? Does it measure 40-yard sprints? No. no. No, not anymore. Did you anymore. do the beep test? 
You gotta do the beat do the test? test or the Manchester United test. Not anymore, but what was the last time that you did? Of course, it's bullshit. Many, Under four? How, do you know how, how insane that would be, Mario? Mario, of course it's BS. Do you know how insane under four seconds would be in a 40? What are we talking about? Lex, what was your your sprint time the last time you got measured at 40? Oh, I, I don't even know. I, I honestly don't even know. I don't remember. We did it a couple of years ago from fitness testing. But I'm, yeah, see the comments. Yeah, I'm more of a technical merchant. Yeah, there I'm not. I'm not exactly a pace merchant. I'm. I'm the technical. So you're merchant. both slow yeah. as shit. That's that's basically what it's saying. You're both slow as shit. Okay. All right. Well, hey. This Berto compared to the Berto. Well, yeah. There's been some pace loss. What are we talking about here? I also grew since I was like 16 years old. <laughs> so is what it is. Now, storm the barn. We have time for just a couple. I want to ask you before we kind of get ready to wrap up. Are there any questions or anything we haven't tackled that you two want to bring up? Lex, do you anything keep... you want to bring up? And oh, I got one. I saw someone up here bring up uh, get rid of tech and bring in Karnaseki for next year. Is mm. that should that I know tech is on a high wage. Is that something that we should even bother wasting our time on this year? If you're if you're the sporting director, is that even something you should even be looking at? I think we should get Karnaseki. That part of it, completely agree with. Definitely. I think, awesome. so the interesting thing here is, again, we brought up earlier on in the season that uh, Pinsolio's also uh, contract is up. So Karnaseki in there, you can also, that also works if you're keeping Tech around, right? But if you have a move for Tech mm-hmm. and he's willing to take it, I think I would probably do it. Because you have Pedin around still. Like I've said all year, both are starting goalies in my eyes, Tech and Pedin. Yeah, I would probably, if there's a chance for us to make something on the move, yeah, yeah. Karnasecki, then I would renew Pinsolio, and I would have Pedin move on as uh, the starting. But do I think it's something we have to chase? No, probably not. But I'm open to it if it's there. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Anth? No, I, I, I would again. I think Pedin is a is a starting goalie. It would that backup role. Who are you bringing in for that? If it's Karnaseki, that that's great because he's a starting goalie somewhere else. I wouldn't just rely on some schlub as our as our backup. Yeah, if you're getting ready tech. Hmm. Lex, but it's definitely interesting. I think I would explore it. Because I think he is on a high wage. As much as I do mm-hmm. love tech, Pedin's also done well yeah. and he stepped in. And Karunasecki's the future right now. So I don't know. I think it's definitely interesting. Interesting proposition to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is uh, a harsh realization. Our total age of our defense was 99 years. <laughs> do you think it was a good idea by Max? <laughs> oh, Wow. Well, you know, some some mornings I wake up and my knees feel like they're ninety nine years old. <laughs> yeah, poor pricks. Is what it is. Is what it is. That's a lot. That seems that, like that seems that really s- high. Seems excessive. <laughs> very very excessive. Uh, but is what it is. Like we said earlier on, oh, Gatti Luca. probably should have been in there uh, and whatnot. But we'll get to a couple quick Storm the Barn questions. If you had to sell all the young players, including Next Gen, except one, 
Who do you keep? Wow. 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 <clears throat> so the essentially the only one young player you could keep around at Juventus. I haven't seen a lot of the next gen. Uh, like Houston's in there. Like Agresti keeps talking about Houston, right? Yildiz, Yildiz. Yildiz is like a phenom that we beat some big teams. This is tough. I'm going to um, probably surprise a bunch. Um, Barbieri. It would be Meretti. And that's going to shock yeah. a lot based on what I've been saying over a period of time and everything like that. But the reason I would choose him is looking at everything overall, looking at the struggles, looking at um, him through matches and what happens, and even through the down times, even through the tough times, he's always stone cold. Always. Always stone cold. You watch this guy, emotions are like not there, but... You can see the thought process and everything he's doing is high, high level. Everything else I think will come. I would honestly like out of the mall pick him. And when you look at some of the other guys and one of the guys in our lineup, I know people are going to be like, you're being way too harsh on Fajoli one up. But it's one of the things I would personally look at is the fact that for me, the struggles, the things all like that doesn't seem to phase him at all. And he just, he seems beyond his years in that sense. I think a loan goes a long way for Moretti, but he would be my guy. Lex? So tough. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of tossed between Fajoli, Ealing, Miretti, the three of them right now. I know they asked for one, <laughs> but probably between the three of them. Um maybe amongst the three Fajoli, just because of his pure love for the club, I would say, just from since he was a kid, I would think that that would probably be... Next-gen player, <laughs> my bad. Okay, Houston. That's simple. Houston. Is that... Oh, I, I thought yeah. it was just all the young players. I thought it was all the young players, players, including next-gen. Yeah. That's why I chose Miretti. If it's just next-gen, Tough one for me between Yildiz and Houston. I would lean towards Houston for our needs and what we need most. And he could be the guy for a long way to come. Houston. Yeah, I, I go with Houston. But I think young player overall, I would probably keep Illing Jr. Overall, there you go. Illing Probably Kern. keep okay. Illing Jr. That's a tough question because we love so That's many so of them. Hard. Right? So hard. So hard. Now, um, we've got preferred lineup for Cremonese and we're probably going to wrap up on this again I'm going to give you the projected Andrew. I don't want Sandro anywhere in there Tech, <laughs> Gatti, Rugani, Danilo Quadrado, Fajoli, Paredes Rabio, Illing, Chiesa and Milik that is the projected and to be honest I would change absolutely nothing with it other than Barnechea in for Paredes and I would leave the rest the same you wouldn't put Dusan in there? No, because uh, Vlaovic is going to start in Spain, and he could come on for some minutes late against uh, Cremonese. Agreed. I agree with that. Yeah, and both changes. I'm excited for him. Go. Don't even put him on the bench. 
There you go. There you go. Six four six five. Damn, a unit. Absolute unit, Houston. All the guys raving. Mil, uh, Isn't that big? Mirko, uh, Romeo, and stuff. So there you have it. Everybody coming to the end. Like the video. Listen to Luca. This is the only time we will tell you to listen to That's this guy. That's it. Okay. Right now. This is the only time to listen. Okay. And of course, and yes, please subscribe to the channel. Listen, the watch along was fantastic, regardless of uh, what happened in the game. Of course, we're going to have another one this weekend for Cremonese. Hopefully get the job done. And you know the drill. Pre-match, we got the preview shows, and then we'll have the post-match podcast. Lex, and always an absolute pleasure. All right. I'm Drop. glad uh, we were – well, Lex and I seem to be on the same page all the time, but Ant and I, we've been button heads as of late, and I like it. I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. Now, Sandro – will probably start against Cremonese. He will then start in 100%. Spain. He will then That's start right. the remainder of the games. He only needs four, but he's going to get all six. And we will see 100%. him next season. And Ant will look at me and say, hey, told you so. Told it's you all so. good. It's all good. I look stressed mm -hmm. in the watch. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Did you okay. see what we were dealing with? Imagine <laughs> putting a camera on anybody just watching that game. They're, we're all going to have the same look. Man, I'm that was the that one most, I think the best comment was coming from our friend uh, Nick, uh, who has been on the show before. And he said, that is 1000% the most relatable con piece of content I've ever seen clipped and put out there because I literally went through all the range of motion. I went, mm -hmm. I was in the depths of hell to complete uh, just ecstatic happiness and back into absolutely being pissed off at how bad we still played and shithoused our way to a draw. Nonetheless, whether it's a shithouse or not, we have found a way to draw level. It's a one-off game in Spain, and that is going to be intense. All right? But on to the next, which is Cremonese. All the rumors and reports and all your news, follow us on Twitter and Instagram and whatnot. Uh, the guys, Lou and uh, Omar, do a fantastic job. And for Spain, we got to have Omar in here because he brings good luck. He's got to be on the preview show, and he's got to be rocking the tank top. That's just a given, okay? The jerseys, everybody's seeing the post for the new jerseys. Lex, what do you think of the new jerseys? Oh, I, I don't know. I need a little more time. They're oh, my black God. I, I like them. I like them. Anth. Like I said it when the when the when it leaked a couple months ago. I said this is going to be the hottest selling jersey in a long time. My one thing, it, the numbers massive. on the back, I wanted them solid yellow. I don't like that they're white with just the yellow border. Solid yellow would have been the play. All right. Nonetheless, I like them. I really, really like them. June Tolly, things are heating up, but Mamblano has said a hundred percent. So now I'm sure it's dead. And nothing's going to happen. We have to wait and see. Everybody, we'll keep you posting all the news. I'll bring a daily update video, and then we're going to have pregame for Cremonese. As always, thank you for the continued support. Fino alla fine. Forza Juve. Ciao tutti. We'll see you on the weekend for Cremonese. Take care.